Welcome back to Unemployed with Anna Roisman. It's your girl. Today, semi-employed. But you know what? We've lived through many unemployed days. And we're back for another great episode. I'm here with Ellen. What's up, Ellen? Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Ellen, I literally every week, never know how to answer that. Every week you find your voice more and more. I'm like, who is she going to turn into? One week you sang. This week you're like, hey, I just smoked a whole blunt. But you didn't. I've had oh. like half a beer, so, you know. Wild girl. Wow. I'm crazy. Yeah. Someone today thought I was high, and I was like, no, this is me. This is me. Like, unless I'm sleeping, this is like pretty much my energy. Wait, I saw you posted a photo on like, or HQ posted a photo of you <laughs> as a, are you just a witch? No, I was, I was folding up. It was, okay. It was, let me explain. I was, I was a witch for the episode. Like I dressed as a witch last uh-huh. night. It was super fun. And we have this green light. So I looked green, but I was taking uh, little pieces of paper as if they were players. And I was casting a spell on who was going to win. And everyone <laughs> thought I was rolling a joint. I, I was did like, too. Because we made a like fire. We had smoke. It was, it, you know, it was very festive for Halloween season, but a lot of people are like, yeah, girl, roll that joint. I was like, no, I'm at work. It, I didn't know whether you were vaping or rolling a joint, but there was something. <laughs> you know I what? I don't know. Leave it. That, you did, You looked a bit like a witch, but also like kind of stylish. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe she's just like chilling after HQ in the office. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a photo of me getting high on the clock. No. <laughs> No. Um. <laughs> it's a startup, man. Anything can happen. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, wait. Speaking of jobs, we have to discuss something. So you just watched The Vow, right? Yes, and I was obsessed with it. I watched it in like three days. So for those of you who are listening who have not watched The Vow, quick recap. The Vow is a documentary series on HBO about Nexium. And if you've read in the news, Nexium is a sex cult um, run by this crazy sex man. And uh, it's, it, you know, it's dramatic. A lot of these, like, a lot of actors joined this cult. Whatever. It should have been a fucking four episode show. It was ten, nine, ten, nine episodes. And then they have season two coming out. And like, Stars has a, has a series about it. Like, too much. Like, these people just fucking want screen time, you know? Yeah, right. I mean, maybe they deserve it though because I honestly loved it. And I mean, who do, who's your favorite? Who who's your favorite on the vow? Like, if okay, you so a series regular. If you follow me on Twitter, you probably have seen that I've tweeted two times in a row about Nippy because <laughs> I love him. Like, at he's first just I was a puppy like, dog. Who the fuck is this Nippy with a guy, this guy oh God, with a name is... like Nippy? And I was like, he's gotta suck. But then this is why you're renaming your cat. Nippy and Zippy kind of Yeah, rhyme. you just told me five seconds before this that you might rename your cat, your kitten, Zippy. Or Nippy. No, That's which one? A, Zippy. Zippy. <laughs> yeah, it's just a coincidence, okay? But I realized that it rhymes with Nippy. But, like, Nippy turned out to be really cool. Like, I actually, when I listened to him talk about, like, what he went through at the cult and, like, how he, like, realized, like, how it was, like, su- like he fucked up, I was, like damn nippy like i want to be your friend you there you go cool. ellen's joining nexium for nippy yeah. <laughs> they hooked me um <laughs> 
I liked it. Like, here's the thing. I got bored. I'm not going to lie. I kind of, you know, I, I fell asleep a couple times and I, I went on my phone. But like by the end of every episode, they hook you in. They they did a good job, whoever created this series. Mm-hmm. They bring you back. I want more. I got more. But yeah. so, okay. They announced like earlier in the week that The Vow Season 2 is coming out in 2021. And Twitter went apeshit because... A lot of people agreed with me, unlike Ellen, that it could have been done. What more could there fucking be? How many more episodes of this do we need? Like, literally, we got we got what happened, you know? And I know more people have stories. I know Mark, who's on the show, filmed everything because he's a filmmaker. But I'm like a whole other season. Like, this isn't, you know, this isn't Grey's Anatomy. This is a fucking, this is a documentary. So. Well, you know. Keith is in jail now, and I know. obviously, like you're he giving wants- shit away. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> I'm sorry if you. I'm trying you not live to spoil in the this. here and now. Like you know, he's been arrested. Okay. Like he's yeah. been arrested. Yes, but there's more. Okay, so everyone, so you know me, I fucking live for some some Twitter goss and like whatever's trending. So I tweeted the article, like the I think it was like Hollywood Reporter article that said there's a season two, and I tweeted. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I can finally reveal this information. I have been cast on season two of The Vow. <laughs> and a lot, of, a, lot of people, a lot of people in our field are like, are, that's what they do when they book a show. You wait for like your deadline, your Hollywood reporter, your variety article, you know, mm-hmm. to post the big news. I can't tell you how many people congratulated me. I felt like I won the fucking lottery this week. I got DMs. I got comments. I got so many likes. I like even put it on Instagram and people were like, oh my God, you deserve it, girl. Like you deserve it. You work so hard. I got, <laughs> I got texts from like two friends who were like good friends and they were like, I'm so proud of you. I was like, uh, like, how do I respond to that? I was, <laughs> I was like, it's a documentary about a sex cult. That and was they, a joke. They hadn't watched it. Like, they didn't know. Had no idea what it was. Yeah. So people I are mean, like... I'm going to be honest. When you posted that, that kind of, like, inspired me to watch it. Because um, it's such a funny fucking show. I'm looking... Do you know how many likes this post got? Which It's, like, absurd. It's, like, it shouldn't be allowed. 872 likes. That's that's a lot of likes on a f- joke. I Jared was, like, mad at me. He's like, you trolled the internet. I was like, I'm sorry. Jared, chill out. It no, was it's so, a good joke. It's a good show. It's, it's a good so tweet. It's so funny like to it. me. I didn't know... That, like, I was like, do I have to tell people? Like... You know, I, in the comments, I'm like, oh, this is this is By sex the way, documentary. Yeah. Like some people were like, you're going to get so much sex. I'm like, I know. <laughs> um, then here's where it gets worse, though. Later in the day, I get a call from my mom and my mom goes, Anna, I'm at a doctor's appointment and I have gotten multiple texts from my friends who follow you congratulating me on your new job. <laughs> Was she mad that you didn't tell her anything? No, I told her ahead of... Oh, we had a text exchange. She goes, what's the vow? I said, a sex cult documentary. <laughs> ha ha. She goes, congrats, I think. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> okay. Yeah, but just her so friends, much confusion out of one tweet. It's insane. I know, but her friends are fucking congratulating her. It is if, it's as if I got engaged, as if I sold a TV show. I was like, oh my God, all of this positive energy feels so good. I should probably fucking join Nexium to get on season two. Like I was like, I should join. I I honestly am convinced now that maybe this was my calling. The amount of love I have received for this makes me feel like so good. 
Jared's like, now when you book a job, people are going to be like, oh, the, <laughs> the boy who cried wolf. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, true. I wonder, that's a good point. I wonder if if anyone who watched that show is like, this is actually pretty rad. Like, I, I'm liking this dude Keith's ideas. Like, is there a chapter in my, oh, my town that I can join? I hope not. <laughs> but honestly, yeah. you know what? The, the love and attention, uh, I feel, it felt good. Felt Everyone's good for a day. Everyone's kissing each other on the mouths. I mean, that looks fun. <laughs> <laughs> not in a COVID world, but no, I don't know. True. Uh, I am a... Uh, Ooh, I, I fooled them. <laughs> you know, who knew the unemployed girl can whip out a big gig like that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Now I feel committed to the show. Like now I feel like, oh, you need to put out some like content like you, you know, at Nexium. I don't know. We'll see what I do with yeah, it. Yeah, I it. feel some sketches brewing. Underneath. Some people are still, some people out there still believe I am going to be on an HBO show. They're like, HBO's lucky to have you. I'm like, yeah, you're damn straight they are. You could, I mean. They just you, don't know it yet. You, you should film something right now. Like maybe you're in prison with Keith and like you could do like a little like phone call from prison. Yeah. Yeah. Having tons of sex with him in prison. Yes. <laughs> You followed him into prison. Yeah. Hey, Keith, it's me. I'm back. Are the cameras on? Is anyone filming? Is there hair or makeup to touch me up? That's yeah. literally this show. Like, it's like half drama. Um, right. Okay, we have a great episode today. I'm very excited about it. Uh, he's like one of the kings of the podcast world. Um, I'm so glad he said yes to this podcast. I bet he's got some funny-ass stories. You might know him from High and Mighty or Action Boys or he's frequently on Comedy Bang Bang. We've got John Gabris on the pod. Oh, shit. Thank you so much for having Thank me. Thank you. I am pumped to be here. Uh, the, the premise of your podcast is... Uh, more apropos than ever. Oh my god! <laughs> so. I'm so glad, but I'm also so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not just me. I'm assuming there's you know millions of other people yeah. who can uh, untapped audience. We gotta let them know. <laughs> I know you just lost your job, but you might like this comedy podcast. Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for doing it. Yeah, I think of you as of successful course. and not unemployed. So it's really always a treat when when people who I know are just raking in you know billions of dollars are just like, yeah, sure, I'll I'll sit with you for an hour. So, <laughs> thanks. I'm busy with podcasting, and I'm making money podcasting. Hell yeah. But I'm married to a woman who has a job, and that's the real trick if you want to be a podcaster. Congratulations. I got health insurance and, uh, and a real salary from an adult woman that I live with. That's beautiful. My, Mission accomplished. My boyfriend got a job on Friday, so I am retiring yeah. everything, and I'm just going to do this. <laughs> this is the last episode. Oh, you're, oh, you're going to keep this up. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I can be a podcaster now, right? He, he should get... <laughs> Fuck I, yeah. I hope he gets benefits. I don't know. I don't know what happens. <laughs> um, anyway, how have you I been? You know. How's the quarantine treated you? Um... I'm okay. I'm in a privileged spot, as the aforementioned. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife has a job that she can work from home at. I do have some podcasts, so I can keep myself busy at least. Right. I it, people want to have me on their podcast, so that's filling my time. But otherwise, it's. I mean, it's what it is. Like I, I really have nothing to complain. I'm good at this. I've been, <laughs> I've gone years without working previously in my life and career. Yep. I. Uh, I'm pretty sedentary. I mean, I love to travel and do shit, but I also, if you told me, hey, why don't you just stay in and smoke weed and relax for like the next 200 days, I'd be like, 
okay, I can try that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll miss my family and a lot of friends and uh, live performance, but I'll finally get through a bunch of TV series and beat a few video games. Hell yeah. You're saying exactly what I've said to people. I'm like, I kind of hope it never ends. I'm like, really? (laughs) I'm like having a good time a lot of days. I feel bad for the world and it's really tough, but I'm also like, wow, yeah, I have gotten good at this. Like I am productive or I'm not, and that's a choice. Yeah. I yeah, I guess I would say what the real thing is is that I'm emotionally adapted to it. Mm-hmm. Uh but more than anything else. Like I'm pro- I'm okay. I'm handling it well, like emotionally, <laughs> but I feel like I'm, in like 2 years I'm going to look back on that and be like there's a blank spot in my hippocampus where I have like a year and a half where nothing happened in my life. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, that was the year that uh you know, yeah. people started coughing in each other's mouths." And I bought <laughs> I'm going to try to show you here on the Zoom. I bought a volcano. Oh, I'm pointing on my screen. I'm a little stoned. I bought a volcano. <laughs> what is here, that? Which is oh, a, yeah. I've seen it's one a of those. Very ex- it's a very expensive flower vaporizer. And I bought a PlayStation 4 Hell yeah. right when the pandemic started. Locked myself back here in the office because my wife now has the rest of the house, where, uh, the rest of the apartment <laughs> where she works. I was calling it the house. She <laughs> She's in the rest you. of the house. She hid you in a room. She's, She's like, just stay there. And you're like, all right. Well, she, she video chats a lot for her job. And I'm just like trapped back here trying not to be this weird dude, sh- this weird shirtless dude in the background. <laughs> so I just kind of shut this door, put on my headphones and I have... I have my PlayStation just off camera here. I have my Zoom here. Mm-hmm. Also, my you know porn delivery vehicle, like all the stuff right here. Hell yeah! It's my command station. It looks like your man cave. Like, you know, when yes. you say when, when you're on a Zoom and you know if someone doesn't know you and you're like, oh yeah, my wife, she has like this great job and health insurance, and we're like, she lets you have this this room with your laundry this and is, all the shit. Around. Yeah, this is the one room I'm allowed to have. If you can see, I'm a 38 year old man who has 100 hats. Yeah, some very there's fun a, hats too. There's this. A size triple XL kimono, aka a kimono that's my size. Oh my, uh, cl- closet, all Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, this is like this is the apartment of a man. I look like I live alone. <laughs> I do look like I'm a. I look like I'm a 38 year old man who lives in the fucking. I look like I'm a 16 year old man in a 38 year old man's body who lives in a fucking studio apartment. Yeah, here. who's been in quarantine uh, for seven years, and you're just like, woo. Well, <laughs> I'm married to a white woman, so it's just. It's safe to assume that the rest of my apartment is full of succulents and mason jars and Edison bulbs. <laughs> so we're uh, we're all. I'm. It's cute as fuck. It's rustic. It's shabby chic. I'll believe it when I room. see it. You know. Soon enough. I I hope you're the first person I see at post as soon as the quarantine ends. I hope my mom's like, knock, knock. "Are you coming to visit?" I'm like, "I'm sorry, Anna really wanted to see my house." <laughs> <laughs> Who's Anna? Okay, well here's how you explain this. I was a legend at UCB when she was a blah. No, I'm just yeah. <laughs> Wait, that was an off camera. Uh, that was an off mic conversation. So I made a callback. Now I just sound like a, a cocky asshole. No, you just sound like an <laughs> improviser, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cocky asshole. A white straight male. Cocky asshole. No way. No way. Wait. So you're in L. <laughs> LA, right yes correct okay and where are you from um i'm from long island originally. oh god all right that's it thanks for coming on no we're good yeah. <laughs> long island. my mom's then, from long th- island yes yeah, so is mine mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i have a map a vintage map of it right there over wow some books and shoes yeah you really miss it uh, i i i really miss it in that i'll visit it uh like the holidays my mom makes me and the summers for the rest of my life but that's plenty yeah i just have like a little pride of being from there because i'm trying to rehab the image a little bit i mean i'm not the most ideal candidate to make a place seem better (laughs) but 
at Long Island, I am a fucking diamond. <laughs> like I'm a, I'm like top quality citizen. It's like Bill O'Reilly, fucking like all these like, every famous conservative person you hate, mm-hmm. fucking uh, who, Tucker Carlson or the other one, the fucking thick necked one. Uh, he's from out there. I don't know. I don't know their names. My mom, yeah, my mom. She gets mad when I say that publicly. She's like, "Don't tell everyone I'm from Long Island." And I'm like, "Mom, where does she pretend to be from? Does she say she's from New York? Like, say, no, she like, does, I'm from the city area. Yeah, she'll be like, I'm from Long Island. She like put her hand oh. over her face, and I'm like, Mom. <laughs> but she she went to school in Philly, and then she met my dad, and they stayed in Philly. So she was like, I never wanted to raise my kids on Long Island. So she picked the Long Island of Philly. Like, I'm literally, there's no, <laughs> the accent is the only difference, you know, but. It's a slightly different accent. Yeah. yeah and it's, uh, it's you know, uh, with whiz rather than mm-hmm. a schmear of cream cheese. It is. Yeah. I, although Philadelphia is a cream cheese, the titular <laughs> cream cheese. So who the fuck am I to tell you what kind of cream yeah, cheese we've you got, have in the city of All we have is cream cheese and cheese whiz. <laughs> Yeah, That's and diarrhea. Uh, if you, if, the, <laughs> if that's the only two Especially things. Especially you if have. you're Jewish and you live in Philadelphia, yeah, it's a mess. It's really not a good combo. <laughs> um, all right, so I want to talk to you about your jobs. That's what we do here. We like to bring it back. I want to know before you were, you know, this podcaster that you are right now. What yeah. What Ooh, did you do? What was so like your cool first you say. job? Yeah, right. Um, I I was. I mean, I was a babysitter and a mother's helper as like a kid kid because I was the oldest of three boys. And and in the 80s and 90s where my parents worked uh, full time, I'm the oldest of mo- three, too. And my parents were. Oh, Hell yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And my and my mom and dad had weird hours because my dad worked in uh, at the news and my mom worked at a hospital. So that so they could work on Saturdays and holidays and shit. So we were home a lot. And so I got to be like a. Uh, a babysitter but my first real job and i i thank my mom for this because i was a very good swimmer and my mom's like do you know in you can be a lifeguard at 16 here in new york and you can make like 14 dollars an hour to start and this is in like 1997 or 1998 that's a lot and i was like yeah no shit especially and then the craziest thing about that first this is my first job i was a town of Hempstead lifeguard which is like a town lifeguard i would eventually go on to be a beach lifeguard at Jones Beach, which is the best job I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, and I had it from 99 through 05. And it's the best job I ever had. Every and I would, I, I literally have frequently been paid to smoke weed and scream my opinions as an, like a comedian podcaster. Uh-huh. Still the best job I ever had was a Jones Beach state lifeguard when I was 19 years old. Wow. I, 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 hold I on went there forever. for the first I, yeah. time this summer. How was had- it? It was it was nice. It was great. My yeah. friend is from Long it, Island and she had a car and she's like, let's go to the beach. Let's not go to the Rockaways. Let's go to Jones Beach. It was beautiful. Hell fucking yeah. What, what field weird. did you go to? Oh, <laughs> I, I got too into the details. Field, field four, field six. I don't stand two. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, I was in a backseat. We were masked. I don't know. <laughs> oh, backseat beach. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was lovely. It, don't they do concerts there, too? There is an amphitheater there, uh, formerly the Jones Beach Amphitheater, maybe currently the Tommy Hilfiger Amphitheater. Uh, I saw my first concert ever there. I saw, and I, you might have to ask your dad who this musician is, but I saw Soul Asylum and, uh, there in 1993, 94, when I was like 11 or 12. It's a pretty okay. fucking weird experience. <laughs> my first concert was I also Dave saw, Matthews. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. That sounds about right. Uh, my... Uh, 
I went to Blondie and the B-52s at Jones Beach, and I was maybe, me and my buddy were maybe the only two straight men in there. And uh, cool. that was a very exciting experience, yeah. Not by I the never, end. Like, were you straight till the end? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it was funny. <laughs> we didn't even put it together. Our two girlfriends of ours who were hairstylists were like, <laughs> All of us from the salon are going to a concert. We're like, oh, that'd be fun as hell. And then we show up and we're all like partying in the lot. And we're 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 17 or 18 at the time. So it's like, and from Long Island. So we knew like two gay people in our class. You know what I mean? And they weren't like loud and proud because bullying. It was the mid to late 90s. Yeah. So when we met all and all of a sudden everyone was like, are you guys a couple? How do you guys know each other? And like, we were like, uh, and it took this context where we had never been in a situation. I had been called gay hundreds of times before that because of my name and because it was the 90s. Uh, but I never been like, oh, no, I'm not. I am straight. This We're just friends with. And it's like we hung out with like a salon employee list for like a day. And then it turns out that's and I don't want to profile, but it felt like a lot of salons, but company tickets to go see fucking B-52s and Blondie. <laughs> B-52s played Love Shack twice. Wow. Oh Honestly, yeah, can I you can play it twice in the same I'm concert. I'm really jealous because I love the B-52s. Like, I wish I, that had been one of my first concerts would they open it and close a, with it was that like the, the they, the they played it early on and then they played it as a encore because and no one cared we were so fine with it like what else did you want to hear yeah we heard rock lobster we heard a few of the other songs mm -hmm. but we were just like get me a car it seats about 20 we were like yeah it was so fucking it's sick a great song yeah it's, it's a great song times. it holds up it's still That's good so i don't funny. even know you could play it for a kid now and be like, what year did this come out? And they'd be like, I have no fucking clue. It's like, could be the 50s. It could be the 80s. It's all over the place. Yeah. Uh, I'm oh just God, like I'm wearing stoned my last and ranting concert. about the. I'm wearing my last concert shirt. Oh, shit. Cher and Gaga? Or is that just Cher? <laughs> it's just Cher. <laughs> it's Cher. I told you I'm straight. It's Cher blonde <laughs> and Cher uh, brunette. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it's uh, Cher highly edited we should say a little bit yeah she doesn't look 73 yeah. or whatever no she looks a lot like lady gaga's age in that picture yeah no jared took me that uh he knew i love share and he got me tickets for our anniversary which was really just a gift for me and that was in like end of february or Feb i don't know December, january i was the last concert i saw at madison square garden until the world crashed oh man the last concert I saw at MSG ties back into Long Island. I last April I flew in and uh, took me and my whole family and my uh, all our wives and girlfriends all took the train, the Long Island Railroad, in to go see Billy at MSG. Sick. Uh, you got had to do it. I had never seen him during his like monthly run, and I'm glad I got it in I because went. who knows if he's gonna do it after yeah. this? It was fucking. It awesome. was so Tony, cool. Who was his special guest when you went? Tony Bennett uh, sang uh, New York State of Mind oh. with uh, Billy, and it was awesome. We didn't have a special guest. I didn't know that was a, that was a regular uh, thing. I think t towards the uh, towards the end of the run, aka like uh, the most recent concerts, I think he was having one person come out for a song, like trying to make it a thing. Oh, nice. Uh, and. Tony Bennett was amazing. I couldn't believe he, how old he was. He looked truly like a critter, yeah. like a like a like a, go a goblin <laughs> or something. He came out, and you were like, "This guy might be 150. Like this could be a hologram." Right. But he's but good. The, the he's very good. And then the other thing he does is he makes Billy Joel look young. So when he shows up, you're like, "Because Billy does not look young anymore. Right. He's kind of like Uncle Fester a little with his like bald head mm -hmm. and like bags under his eyes." And so when Tony Bennett comes out, you're like, oh, OK, Billy's got a few more years. We'll see him again yeah. post pandemic. <laughs> <laughs>
So what was so great about this job at Jones Beach? I mean, you stayed for six years. Like, what was it? The yeah. people? Was it the gig? It was. It was a lot of things. First of all, it's really high paying for a high. Like, I I started the summer after my senior year of high school, mm-hmm. uh, and it's super intense. It's like a real job that a lot of adults have. It's all because if you're an adult and have this job, you're most likely uh, a teacher a fireman or a cop because those people all can have like weird schedules and the firemen and cops in New York, uh, the, uh, the lifeguards have the same pension. So if they keep that job, they can retire even early. I think like a summer counts as like wow. a third of your pension. So these guys can like, you know, retire a little early yeah. if they keep, uh, and, uh, and uh, there's part-time, uh, lifeguards, full-time lifeguards. Were and- you like the youngest one there? No, you have to be 17 or 16. Oh. 17 is like the youngest right. you can be. I was like, so yeah, I was in the youngest class, but eventually I, it wasn't like, there's always new 17 year olds mm-hmm. showing up. Yeah. But like, it, that's what I think was the most exciting thing about it. As a as a young budding comedy guy who also was like, I should say budding party animal, alcoholic, <laughs> you know, whatever you want, however you want to phrase it. <laughs> Being like a 17, 18 year old party animal who's hanging out in the summer and drinking with like fucking uh, FDNY, NYPD, going out to cl- going out to clubs and uh, bars in New York City with like cops and firemen and like adult <laughs> men who are like, I'm a teacher in Queens and I got like a 18 year old kid doing fucking bong rips in my car yeah, and shit. What? Like it was just it was just a wild experience because it's and it. It's got this weird vibe where it's a super serious job. We love to take it super seriously. We love to think of ourselves as like a big deal because right. it You're is. You're a hero. People's lives are in your mm-hmm. hands. Not in your hands, but you you could fuck up and hurt somebody or someone could die on your watch. Uh, but the other thing that's fun about it is you work where everyone is dying to get to all summer long. Mm. Where every single person's like, oh, if I could just get one day off, I'd like to go to the beach and relax. And then you're there 40 plus hours a yeah. week. And it's the fucking beach, right? It's got men and women in bathing suits, always a plus. You know what I mean? Like, never a problem, no matter what your taste is. Yeah. Um, th- and then it pays very well. I think I started at, because you there's, like, entry-level fee, and then, like, after two years, you become an LG2, and you get a little bit more pay. Oh. I think it started at, like, 16-something an hour, and by the time I left, I was making, I think I got eighteen seventy-five an hour. Wow. And then... For forty hour weeks for being, and you're at the still beach. like living at home, like you're still. I'm living like, at my mom's yeah. house, and I'm bartend. I'm bartending two nights a week, and uh, working as a pool lifeguard at night at Hofstra University for some extra cash too, and to keep one foot in the door so I could work there over winter break when I'm home because there's no really hard to find lifeguarding work in like when you have no skill set. It's like I'm home for Christmas, which in college is one month long, and you're like, <laughs> and my skill set is life saving techniques in a pool or body of water. It's like, well, bro, the beach is closed. You can try to get a job at an indoor pool. So luckily I, I was able to do that. And then on top of all that, the craziest thing about being a beach lifeguard is because they need you to be rested. And it's if you sit for an hour in the stand, it's impossible to stay focused. So the job is one hour on, one hour off. No. Paid hour on. And it's and this was I, another craziest oh, thing. Is, my, is that like a real thing for a lot of lifeguards? You can't sit in the chair. A lot of lifeguards have da- – yeah, I mean – Legally, like any place that has it, like L.A. County lifeguards or if like like if it's like a private pool or like a guy owns a park or whatever, he could do whatever he wants. But a person owns a park, they could do whatever they want. But if uh, like 
when I even when I was at uh, the town of Hempstead, which works you way harder, it's forty eight hour weeks. You work six days a week, uh, and I was doing that at sixteen. My first summer job was oh forty eight hours a week in the sun at the pool. I was like, no, no, I was no exaggeration. I was like caramel colored, <laughs> and like my skin was my skin. My the, my knees and feet were so dark that people would like be like, what's wrong? Because you're sitting <sighs> in a stand for so much that the tops of your thighs and the tops of your feet get the most sun. You got that um, lifeguard tan. That's a thing. I had the lifeguard tan. <laughs> and then I eventually got comfortable. This is the highlight. When you get to Jones Beach, one of the possible uniforms is a Speedo. And as a guy who has no body shame, and I was even like slightly better in shape t- 20 years ago when I was doing this, I fucking rocked a Speedo. <laughs> and then my, my tan lines were... Money and now I am 38. Do not swim and train professionally. Am <laughs> overweight. Am hairless, and I still rock speedos. All from all from Hell my experience yeah. from being a swimmer. Yes, I'm still rocking a still rocking a speedo. I really thought days. this story was gonna be like. And then I went to the Olympics, and I uh, <laughs> I had a you know eight year run <laughs> swimming for nope, the nope. U.S. <laughs> team. <laughs> Way lower stakes victory as usual in the Gabrus memoir. <laughs> King it's, of a tiny kingdom, baby. It sounds like a great gig. Fuck, I want to go back and have world. your summer. So, okay, so you did this through college, right? And then... Yeah. Oh, let me talk a little bit more about these hours down to, to explain how fun this is. Uh, okay. Because, because you can't just sit in a chair for eight hours. Your eyes will burn out. You won't be able to pay attention. Uh, yeah. You'll get dehydrated and shit. So on your hours down, you're supposed to do one of several things, which is be a backup lifeguard, which is what you're mostly supposed to do is hang out at the shack. And then if shit hits the fan, everybody runs down the beach and mm-hmm. like scat and does whatever. Backs you got your up. walkie in the shack and you're like waiting. For, <laughs> I've you know, seen Baywatch. All, yeah, you're waiting for a all shark. whistles, baby. <laughs> we have walkies, but we don't use it. It's all whistle communication right. at Jones Beach. At least it was back in the day. Couldn't rely on tech. But if you hear two whistles, you get your ass to the backup stand. <laughs> um, or you were supposed to be training to keep yourself in lifeguarding shape. So that's running, lifting weights, swimming. Oh, wow. Or playing with the equipment, using and learning and training on the equipment, of course, which included surfboards, <laughs> which is important, lifeguarding equipment. So you're just like, I, I got to train on the surfboard. You just go out in the fucking outside the flats, outside the flags where there's no swimmers, and just surf for an hour, and you're like, I just got paid for that. Wow. Eat lunch, take a shower, lay around for a half hour. That's your fucking Did you have friends who hour. did this like at school? Were you like, hey, uh, this is the greatest gig you'll ever have Like, if you want to come work with me? A buddy of mine who I was on the swim team with, we were both those town of Hempstead lifeguards. And then he was like, dude, did you hear about the Jones Beach test? But the thing is, it's a very hard test. And then there's like a week of rookie training where they try to get, you know, like they work you and try to get you to quit and teach you all the ropes and shit. And I was like, oh, if we do this together, I'm in. And then I met a dude at the test who we ended up because then this is this where another fun part of this job. I'm over explaining so many weird semantics, but I just we love it. Who cares? Uh, depending on how you finish in the test, that's how many people get hired, depending on how many slots they need, and also what what places are open. Only like the top five finishers get a beach job in their first, and that means like these are we're talking you about get people who swim like for like next season. They're like oh they passed the test. Oh, you can get benched for next season if you're low enough, or like wow. me, you can get sent to the less desirable places <laughs> like the bays. And the, and the parks that are further out east on the island. So I worked at Heckscher State Park, which is a pool and a bay. Everyone else wants to be on the ocean. Yeah. And then my second year, I was an, a pool lifeguard at a pool that's at the ocean. So that was fun. So I could at least go Closer, surf on my downtime. Yeah. 
And then my third year, I was a fucking ocean lifeguard. And I was like, I fucking Varsity made it. team, that, baby. You got it. <laughs> and I love meritocracies like that, too. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I passed the test and I was in good shape and I could swim. But, like, I, I was still at the bottom rung. And another dude who was right by me, uh, he was like, oh, dude, you're working at Hexer? Me, too. I'm like, oh, what's up, man? And then we, we have, like, you know, we played what we called Jewish geography on Long yeah. Island, which I'm sure you're familiar yeah, with. Oh, you're from Levittown? Do you know blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Narrow it down. We end up kind of hitting it off. This dude and I request the same hours because it's all the way out east on Long Island and, and we're going to commute to save gas and money yeah. and, and just to hang out. And me and this dude, my, I, I shout out my buddy Joe. I'm not going to give his last name because I think he has a real life now. But <laughs> we... Uh, we worked together for four summers in a row at the same four locations and got had the same hours and commuted together. So that means we had the same hours off Aww. every day, the same hours on, the same we uh, went together at the Your same time, husbands. went home at the same time. We were work husbands. We partied every, we slept in my car. We slept in one of our cars like four <laughs> nights a week. Because we didn't want to, no one wanted to drink and drive, so you just get fucking and smashed. Or <laughs> and sleep in your car at like at a bar or at a party <gasps> and wake up in the morning and just Drive, get an egg sandwich, a Gatorade, and then go to the beach. Hell yeah. Take a, <laughs> wow. Take a huge shit in the lifeguard shack and do it all over again. I love it. Grab the oxygen tank, dude. 100% pure oxygen for like 10 minutes. That'll knock anything <laughs> over out of your head. So why did you stop? Why did the, This sounds like the best life you had here. I mean, you know, I wouldn't say Anna, that Anna, what you're asking me is something I ask myself every fucking day. <laughs> every every time I get rejected from an audition, every time I get super you close. close your eyes and say, you're like, I'm at Jones Beach. Here I am. Yeah. yeah, but they love you. But they love you at Comedy Central. They don't want. They want you to keep coming mm -hmm. back. But they love you at True TV. They want you to keep. But they love you at Cease. But they love you. Yeah. All right. Well, fuck. Quit. Fuck everybody. You were gonna say Quibby. I, just... I was like, oh, can we go the whole hour without talking about it? Yeah. <laughs> Quibby didn't even want to have me either. They were like, nah, we're good. Me neither. Me neither. Uh, I'll miss talking about it with others. <laughs> I'll miss talking about like, hey, I don't know. Maybe we can throw this up on Quibby or some shit. Uh, but then I, uh, wait, oh, so every time I'm like getting rejected or this, I'm like, why did I ever quit that job? <laughs> and I could have maybe even done it part time while, but I was so hell bent. I like, I was a PA my last, my last year at the beach, uh, was after I graduated college, I got a PA job at VH1. Cool. So I was working Monday through Friday as a PA, uh, like 70 hour weeks and then working 10 hour days on Saturday and Sunday Jesus. as a lifeguard. Yeah. It was Were brutal. Were you living it in the city? I was living at my mom's house for just that summer, and then I moved into the city like right after yeah. that. Because once I wasn't working seven days a week, and my mom was like, "John," or my dad was like, "John, did clean your fucking room," I'd be like, "Oh." Uh. And then what I did instead was move to Williamsburg, the aforementioned Williamsburg, yeah. and like choose to just be in insane debt rather than uh, live at my mom's house. Yeah. I, it was a dumb financial decision, but I wanted that city life. I was taking UCB classes also while I was a lifeguard. Yeah. Um, no, you're so lucky. I, I think into... you're better off doing that. I wish. Yeah, totally. I mean, it sucked that I uh, got out of credit card debt when I was 33 and paid off my student loans when I was 35, and I'm 38 now, wow. and I don't have a dishwasher. Um, but like, we don't have to get into that. I hope I can. Uh, <laughs> I hope I can pay off my credit card debt one of these years. That's what hands are for, you know. <laughs> it's you don't understand, Ellen. I had to get gloves in the pandemic. My hands are destroyed. <laughs> I wear dishwashing gloves. My life has changed. I do too. Fuck, I can't <laughs> touch that shit. No. I've got soft. Soft little cute hands. I can't <laughs> fuck with these things. My parents uh, moved into a two-bedroom apartment. So when I graduated college, 
they were like, and I'm the oldest of three. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? You, they, they sold the house when I was a junior in college and they, they didn't tell us, they didn't tell us. My brother was a freshman and we were like, what the fuck are you doing? And they were like, yeah, you're never coming home again. Like, good (laughs) luck. What were those summers at home? Like then we were at home. Where'd you stay at school? You just stayed in Philly? Or no, I worked at, at camp for two summers, so I was in Maine for two summers, oh, and then okay, okay, cool. I lived in New York City. I lived in like dorms at NYU, and I did an internship at a casting office, and that and that was when I started going to UCB to see shows. So like, I was young. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and to answer another to answer another question you didn't ask yet, but I did recently in a. I guess you can call it midlife crisis slash pandemic uh, crisis, uh, disassociating from my own w- beliefs and whatever. I s- put my name on. The, I signed up to be reminded of when the next L.A. County lifeguard test is. Stop. <laughs> He's coming back. You're making a big return to the beach. Apparently. It. And it's part of the L.A. fire department, technically. So it's got like good, uh, good uh, uh, rates and benefits. And I'm like, oh, fuck. My wife is like, I'll kill you. I've supported <laughs> I like she supported me for so long while I was like a struggling person. Now I make now I like make a living. And so she's like, yes, finally, I don't have to support you. And I'm like, I think I might become a lifeguard. For <laughs> she's like. I will fucking end you, bro. She's like, go back to your podcast room. She's like, oh, so come up with another podcast idea quick. We need that Mac Weldon money, baby. Yeah. Wait, that's really funny. You'll have to keep me posted if you lifeguard again. At least. Oh, I think it. I think it'll be. I think I'll be putting that shit on social media if I'm yeah. taking the lifeguard test at 40 years old. I'm like, all right, let's see what I got. Fat fucking hairless nipples diving into a fucking pool. <laughs> So, okay, you moved to the city. Obviously, that's when you stopped commuting to go do lifeguarding on the weekend. Right, right, right. Yeah. So then I, I that my next job was uh, I was a PA at VH1 and uh, eventually like a bunch of random shows. Uh, and then I worked at uh, Best Week Ever for about uh, as a PA for about nine months with a lot of the uh, people I would eventually go on to perform at the same. Like a lot. It was a lot of UCB people. I was seeing shows in level I got put on a Harold team while I was a PA at Best Week Ever and got to tell my level two teacher, Paul Shear, who was currently being interviewed for his role as a talking head on Best Week Ever. I was like, Paul, I got I got on Harold night, man. He's like, OK, cool. I don't think he remembered my name at the time and shit. He was like, oh, OK. That's when you realize it's like, oh, you teach a lot of improv classes like I have, mm-hmm. would eventually do. And then you understand, oh, it's not you don't remember all of your students names. <laughs> And now we're friends. Now Paul and I are friends. I can say that. We're birthday buds. Yeah. Name dropping. I mean, I just remember Harold was such a big deal. If people don't know, it's the house teams at UCB. And I remember like I was in some audition or not an audition. I met with some agent. She was like a family friends agent. I don't know. And this woman literally was like, oh, you do UCB like, you? oh, cool. You did advanced study like and then she was like, I really don't give a shit unless you're doing ASCAT. (laughs) That's awesome. And That's I was like, awesome. all these people put all their eggs in their basket. They're like, I got to get on Harold. And then she's like, yeah, I'll only see Aska. I really don't care. I'm like, okay. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't get I on mean- that. That's really fine. And then when you, I mean, then you do ASCAT, which is the biggest show at the mm-hmm. theater, and you do that for like a year and a half, and people are still like, I have no idea who you are. And <laughs> you're like, oh, right. None of this shit matters. Nothing matters. You know what I <laughs> mean? Like, as you, the, 
all you do is every time you get a little further along in your life and your career, you just learn that there is way further to go. That's all. You just like keep finding more highway. Like you just keep you get finally somewhere and you're like, oh, the next exit's a thousand miles away. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. Back in the fucking car. I saw Amy Poehler do an interview with Seth Meyers and she was like, she's Amy Poehler. And she was like, well, there came a point where I was just like, shit, after Parks and Rec, she's like, everyone's executive producing other people's series now. Like, I got to get on that. Like. She was like talking about how like you always feel like you're behind the class. Like, yeah, I mean, that's what's crazy is like as you have friends who are more successful than you, they're bitching to you and you're like, I'll kill somebody to have what you have. And then you're sitting there bitching about yourself and then realize no matter where you are, there's probably someone who would love to switch spots with you. I know. Almost it's hard. We have to like, remind ourselves that. No matter how shitty your current situation is, even wor- I'm not even talking about like this Hollywood, uh, it sucks, I can't get anyone to say they like me enough to give me SAG money. I, <laughs> even beyond that, if you just think your job or your position in life sucks, it's like I guarantee, unfortunately, there's someone way worse off, which is yeah. should make you feel better, but maybe it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, no, why does. are you so happy? I just know a lot of people are doing worse than me in life, so that makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, whatever whatever helps, you know? You got to put shit yeah. in perspective. I also think I'm doing absolutely nothing, and then you're like, oh, okay, I, I did a couple things this week. Yeah, and then someone who does less than you is like, stop. Yeah. And you're like, oh, right, I'm an asshole. I'm becoming that asshole. I mute people now on like on social media. I'll mute because I'm like, I don't want to see all your success. I mean, that's how... Y- that's the only way I can maintain some friendships. <laughs> like, you just mute it and then uh, like you just have to because you don't like I have, have a to. friend who's like they're post they're They're doing a show. They're shooting some pilot, I guess, in L.A. And like every day they like film like hair and makeup in the morning. And they're like day one, day two, day 12. And I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't changed out of the shirt in three days. Yeah, no. Th- <laughs> like, yeah, no. Thanks to that. See you later. No. No. Gl- <gasps> I'm happy fi- for their success. I'm just like shitting on myself, you know? I was fine not working in the pandemic when no one was working. But right. now that now that some people are working, I'm getting a little bit of FOMO when people are like, oh, back to the grind. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I want to do First stuff. First day on set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm still at home. It's funny because it's like I was sitting here being like, you know, my mom being like, well, you know, when the... Is it going to open back up like auditions and stuff? And I'm like, Mom, if I told you how little I'm invited to auditions before the pandemic, you're going to be blown away how long it's going to take for someone to reach out to me post pandemic. It's like, oh, I no, I went them. from two auditions a month to zero a month. I yeah. listen, you know, not a huge change. I got one the other day and it was like, are you a tech expert? And I was like, how long do I have to learn tech? <laughs> like, I yeah, it's like, like define tech. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you need me to hack something or do you need me to like get my quick time into Dropbox and get it to Ellen? Because yeah. that I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's they were considered like, tech. I know that. What's your background in augmented reality? And I was like, mm, I, see you later. <laughs> I played Pokemon Go. <laughs> like, I was like, but I could use the job right now. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. All right, so you yeah, are there's work- those those weird commercial auditions always. Oh, yeah. where it's like it's like need to be a Wells Fargo banker uh, with uh, color blindness, mm-hmm. and you're like, how much do I have to lie here? <laughs> like, right. do we I think I can thread people. this needle? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so you're working in production. You're a PA. You're climbing the ladders at UCB. Did you stay in the production world, or did you ever have to have another like survival job? In New oh. York? 
Oh, honey, I had so many. I had awful, awful jobs. I, I tempted through atrium staffing. I was a temp. I did if that. You, Fuck. I, had, I hated that. I hated that. I got people asked me to go home one time and comb my hair. What? I was just like, I'm like a disheveled looking person. So I, it looks fine when I'm like in a Hawaiian shirt doing a show, but it looks <laughs> weird when I'm in a fucking suit that a 24 year old, 25 year old unemployed person would have a suit that AK is like my dad's old right. like wedding jacket and jeans and like <laughs> weird brown boots. I'm like, this is the best wait, I could wait, do. Somebody told Please you go to home go and comb home your- to comb your hair. She asked if I could go home, if there was anything else I could do with my hair. Uh, and I also had a mustache at the time. She was like, could you? I'm like, I'm not shaving my mustache for a one day temp job in the Lehman Brothers <laughs> medical office. Oh my God. The fact that I can remember this one day of the job is how much this woman triggered me. She eventually said to me at the end, uh, like not the end of the day, but like at the end of like, oh, I'm like, and this is all the way up in Midtown. I'm like, oh, miss, I live... I live in fucking Williamsburg. Maybe I lived in, I, I think I lived in Red Hook at the time. I'm like, I live in Red Hook. If you want me to go home and shave or like do my hair, I'll be back and please send me. But I won't be back for like 90 minutes to two hours. <laughs> like, I'm like not exaggerating. Yeah. That's how long it's going to take me. I'm not taking a cab because I'm making fucking, you know, She's $90 like, today. Go to Sephora. <laughs> she said, can you just go in the bathroom then and wet your hair or something? Just do something with it. So what I went in the like, bathroom, soaked my hair. Or something? <laughs> it made no sense, and it was so infuriating. And it's just one of those things. Uh, honestly, I was. I'm always a little rejective of rejective. I don't know if that's the thing. I've been casually <laughs> eating weed gummies throughout this entire. Because I'm, I'm going to watch <laughs> Borat too after we record. So I'm like, oh, I might as well get stoned. And oh now I God, like maybe started a, a little idea. too early. <laughs> I'm I just love like it. rambling I over. Tonight. I I saw you put something yeah. in your mouth. <laughs> Yeah, it's got great. some flavor cool. rainbow I'm gummies. I'm drinking ginger ale. <laughs> I think Ellen's got herself a shimmy or a, a pumpkin beer. beer or something. It's a celebration Ooh. fresh hop IPA. Wow! From Sierra, that's the Sierra Nevada celebration ale. Christmas yes. Christmas tree in a bottle, right? Doesn't it taste a little piney, um, a little a little greeny? I don't know. My boyfriend it, bought it. Would you it like and I was to drink like, it next to Why are you getting Christmas shit? And he was like, "It's not Christmas, just because it has a wreath and snow. Although it's definitely <laughs> and it's Christmas. red and green and says celebration. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> looks like snowy Christmas. cabin. Yeah, he's like it's yelling holiday. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, uh, um, oh, so wait, you were so temping, what, and then you uh, had to go to the bathroom to comb your hair. <laughs> Yeah, so, and I, oh, I, I remember what I was saying. I've always been a little rejective of corporate culture, uh, mm-hmm. but this that moment solidified it for me that I I never, ever w- will do a job like that. I, I knew then, I was like, nope. If I, I, I even decided then, like, I'm either going to be an actor or a bartender. Like, I'm yeah. either going to be a comedian or a bartender. I was like, I can bartend. I like being on my feet. I like talking to people. I'll just do that. That was my plan because I hated temping so much. I'm like, so if this fucking fails, I, I then, of course, interviewed for hundreds of different server positions where it's like, cool, so you can work here down at the, uh, so the training's at the Cool East Village Bar. You live in Williamsburg, so this is perfect for you. Uh, but once you're done with training, uh, we're going to move you to uh, 112th and York, the other bar that the same. What? 
I, I had that happen to me at two or three different restaurant interviews where no. they hop, they got me in by like, oh, it's Hop Devil in this cool neighborhood or this, <laughs> like, it's good. Because I wasn't picking places that I would have to commute to. Yeah. And then have crazy commutes to. And then it happened to me two separate times where they're like, we're actually going to have you work at the sister restaurant, which is in Harlem. And I'm like, bro, I can't. I That's can't. not and right. Also in my head, I'm like, I'm going to quit this in six months when my big screenplay sells. I'm not doing Hell anything yeah. creative in my life at the time. <laughs> I tempted but- an awful corporate place like your place before. And um, I was not shy. So I kept my laptop like they had a desktop for me, you know, and I had my laptop <laughs> out and I was writing a pilot. I was like, oh. boom, phone, right. And they like, and then they moved my desk to sit next to the office manager, like a kid. They were like, yeah, I was like, well, there's a, I like my other desk. I like my empty desk. And they were like, mm, it looks like you do a lot of other outside work. So we're going to put you next to this bitch. And I was like, what? Like, they we were have awful. to keep they an were, eye on you, me. Anna. Yeah. I was it the was assistant. Bad. Yeah. I was the assistant to the dean of Pratt Institute in Brooklyn. I temped there, and uh, I got hired as the what? assistant to the dean over the summer, so it was, like, really weirdly slow. And I did that for, like, four weeks in a clip, which was great. Like, that's, like, pretty much all my experience in life that working at the time. So was like fancy. Assistant yeah. to the dean. Some of these places, like the place where they comb your hair, I'm like, why do they ask temp agencies for us? If you're like this big institution or a big, like, wouldn't you have P- uh, HR department who's like looking out to hire these jobs for, like, and not actors who are like, I really could give a fuck about being here, but I'll make money. Right. That's what's crazy is uh, my my wife's first job was an in house, like she worked at New Line Cinemas, and they had a job called a floater, which was like an in house temp. It was like oh. you either sat. Some days you just sat in the, you know, room and someone would be like, hey, people need help collating upstairs. Go help out. But often it would be like, uh, oh, Anna's out today. Can you sit at uh, Gabrus's debt? Can you be yeah. Gabrus's assistant for the day? So that's what I think makes the most sense for these corporations. It's like you're Lehman Brothers. Just have five people that you're right. paying dirt because you're monsters. Have five people you're giving fucking 27 grand a year to yeah. sit in a basement all day. And then whoever you, you need help in the medical office, you don't have to hire this fucking troll who does uh, a sketch comedy show about lifeguards. Everything comes back yeah. to that at the time. <laughs> I had to, dr- I did a job. What, I, did you ever do any of those promo jobs? Like handing out flyers and stuff for no, money or I, didn't I did a bu- flyers. I did a bunch of those jobs where you had to, I mean, probably by the time you were, the time we're talking about flyers, people were like, what is a flyer? Just no. text me the information. Just, <laughs> just tweet it. No, you fucking in New freak. York, like, it's definitely still a thing. Like if you go to thing. like, and we've had Times people Square. on the pod. Yeah. We've had lots of guests who fly yeah. in Times Square yeah. or like but for then I, comedy shows. For comedy clubs. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I got into weird jobs where it's like, you know, hand out vitamin mortars at Union Square, but you got to take pictures with like 12 people to prove you did it. Like all these weird <laughs> jobs. I, I did this one that was really wild. The movie Balls of Fury was hitting the theaters, which was that yeah. stupid ping pong movie starring Dan Fogel or whatever the heavyset bearded guy is that I kind of look like. Um, <laughs> they were looking for heavyset bearded guys and Asian women to dress up in the respective outfits. Uh, one was a very slutty, very... Uh, racist um costume for her and i had to wear a wig and short shorts and we had to go to bars around the east village on and different neighborhoods this is promo for this movie for this movie thursday friday and saturday night dressed as these characters (laughs) and then give out uh ping pong balls and ping pong paddles and cups to people at these different bars unbeknownst 
you know, against the bartender's wishes, you know, they're always like, get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah. So you have to be kind of sneaky. They don't want you to do it. But then you also have to prove to the people that hired you that you uh, went to like 12 bars and handed out X amounts. You have to take photos with people and you'd be like, can you hold this? And then I'm there with like an attractive woman dressed very provocatively and offensively at crowded drunk bars in the East Village. Oh, God. I, beca- I become like a de facto dad slash like I felt like a fucking security guard. It was like taken. I was like, get the fuck away from her. The job must have been so awful because we didn't even put this together. It was three weekends, Thursday night, Friday night and Saturday night, nine to midnight, uh, three oh, times. God. And you were like, oh, how much are you getting not- paid for this? It- so this is the best part. It was nine shifts. It was $150 a shift. So that's 50 bucks an hour. That's a great okay. rate. And But if you don't quit. <laughs> I was like, quit, okay, I'll take it off. Yeah. <laughs> I know you will. And then here's the kicker. If you don't quit, you got, if you didn't quit, if you did all nine shifts, you got a $1,200 bonus. Whoa. That's what? really good. If you yes. don't quit, that many people are just like, I can't do one more. I quit. No. I was so fucking broke. The girl that I worked with, I wish I could remember her name. I owe it to her to remember her name. And hopefully she's just actually a very famous actor right now. Um, but it was so awful. Oh my we God. were like, one, on like the fourth night, we were like, she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, dude, well, you know what we did? We sat down and we had a beer and just like didn't do the job for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, I fucking hate this. I'm so broke. This is so depressing. I hate myself. I, I'd rather like donate blood like on the black market I, yeah. i'd rather give jizz to strangers i'd rather take jizz from strangers or whatever. <laughs> whatever i need to do no, to make money at this point give or take either one whichever way the fluids need to go whatever pays more i'll do this Show reminds me, this. me of the gig ellen do you remember the gig i did last year i'm gonna say who it was for because fuck these people but it was for trojan condoms and uh if they need me to work in a national commercial though i take it all back but it was like a promo well, what? You're probably really you're probably really upset with the the agency that Trojan yeah. hired. So the agency th- that- fucked up. It was like a two weekend. It, it was like a five day thing, and I, they had a Trojan bus, and they needed me to come. I was gonna be on a mic, and I'm like supposed to MC it, and we go from like Maryland to Philly to New York to Delaware, like all these different to DC. And they were like, yeah, and the bus will have karaoke on it. And you'll just like get people to come to the to cool Trojan van and they can take Instagram photos. There's a photo booth, all this shit. They didn't get like permits for it. Oh, no, of course not. So like they had they couldn't park this truck anywhere in fucking D.C. or Philly or it was. And so they would be like, here, can you just like walk around? And like it was like 10 o'clock at night. Here's a basket full of condoms. And I'm in like this little tiny like outfit that they made me wear and they were like can you just like go and walk around with these condoms and i was just like this is the worst thing ever this is more i don't care how much that's how it always is and you now you know those agency people too are like well what if we it would cost this much to get permits it's like if we don't get permits we'll just send these fucking actors the cannon fodder (laughs) the fucking human c-stands we'll just send them into the fucking streets because that's what i felt like at this job i'm like oh do the bars no they're like oh the bars do not want you there at all i'm like okay so i have to go to a place where i'm not wanted talk to people who are hanging out with their friends and say hey instead of having fun at this bar can you turn and take a photo of me and hold up a balls of fury (laughs) ping pong ball 
I eventually <laughs> I got my sales pitch down to like, look, I have a really shitty job right now. I have to fucking take a bunch of pictures. Can you just do one? And, and can any of your friends do it? We'll do it separately so we could I could get a bunch done. And one person would always be sympathetic and be like, let me like drunk enough to be like, Anna, Ellen, all right, get over here. All right, take one with Ellen yeah. all right now. Ellen, get out. Anna, get in. All right, it's like I got eight done at one bar. It's like cool. Now we have a half hour to have a beer here. Hell yeah. Uh, so just a warning, out. if a job. If a job ever has like a disproportionately large uh, bonus for not quitting, it usually means it's awful. So just uh, that's something I had to learn the hard yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, and I oh, you just rem I just remembered I dressed up as Ben Franklin for the 200 year anniversary of University of Pennsylvania at the Penn Club in Manhattan. Stop. I, I I'm, I'm not lying, and I've, I've done so many weird jobs because- Where were you finding I, those? You got a lot okay. of costume jobs that you're always wearing a costume. So here, here's the thing. Uh, I'll toot my own- uh, First, I'll start with, I was pounding Craigslist, Mandy, all that shit every day back in the uh, oh, yeah. early 2000s, mid-2000s, late-2000s. I was like, all through the 2000s, the mm -hmm. aughts, as they call them. I was powering through- Craigslist, any trying to find, any, and I kept getting weird ass jobs. But also, I was doing UCB stuff, so there was a lot of people around who were like, "Hey, uh, you know, I have this gig where we're looking for," and this is where I'll toot my own horn. People like me, and once you work with me, you either re remember like me and remember me, or dislike me, but you still remember me. <laughs> so frequently, frequently, I would get these jobs where it's like a guy I used to work with at Best Week Ever has this thing that needs a person and he knows I'm kind of funny and out of work. This woman who my friend Caroline Wack, uh, Caroline, I'll just leave her name out of it. My friend Caroline who went to Penn and was hosting this UPenn party was like, I bet you Gabrus would like to get $200 to do this. Yeah. And I was like, you're a hundred percent fucking right. So for the longest time I subsisted on that and I'm not even, it's really funny. And Anna, the reason I did all these shit jobs and the reason I hustled all these jobs is I truly, and you helped me really notice it here is because of that fucking Lehman Brothers lady. I was like, I'll yeah. never work. I don't want to be in a position under, I want to have no attachment to that shit ever. Like when you're a temp, you can leave. When you're this, you could buy, like, mm -hmm. so for me, and then I've I've kept my, uh, I've kept my sort of uh, attitude about that hustle through my entertainment career. Yeah. Because now even in my entertainment career, it's so fuck, I mean, everyone's is now kind of weird in 2020 right. and 2019. <laughs> but even like when I was started popping off in like 2010 and all that shit, I was doing so many different weird jobs, like wilding out, hosting, hitting camera game shows, right. popping up in this. I was doing literally anything that people would have me do. I had no shame. I enjoy working. I love being around people, love meeting new people. And I have no problems about walking into a situation knowing nothing about what's going to happen. I think yeah. because because I like improv so much, I've like brought that into the real world where it's like, okay, yeah, I'll just go to this day of work and who cares if it sucks or if I'm right. I'm immune to embarrassment, I guess. I have no shame, whatever the phrasing of that is. Yeah. It's like I'm the kind of guy that at 37 took his first karate class in a park in LA. You know what I mean? It didn't bother me. People are like, was it weird? I'm like, oh, it's so weird. They're like, were you embarrassed? I'm like, no, not at all. I'm yeah. immune no. to that. I pulled my little dick out on stage and you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, clearly that is a comedy <laughs> thing though. Like we feed off of like the unknown. Like I, people are like, Oh, aren't you scared to like call people or like prank call someone or like do that? I'm like, no, I live for it. Like man on the street shit. I'm like, I, the weirder the person, the better I'm going to, uh, time I'm going to have. Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. 
you saying prank calls, I for a long time uh, was part of this uh, thing where for fifty dollars you were a f- uh, people would fake fake prank call you, and because it's a lot of radio stations, you can't legally record someone's phone conversation without their permission. So a right. lot of those like War of the Roses and uh, <laughs> Secret Ryan's Roses and all that shit. A lot of that shit is fake, and it's a lot oh, of yeah. actors getting paid fifty dollars to be like. And she fucking cheated on me, man. You know, and I did that a lot. And so like, and also when you're like, the rate, the times are weird and stuff. It's like, can you do six fifteen in the morning on Tuesday? <laughs> and my wife's like, a, my then girlfriend, my now wife's asleep in the other room, and I'm like, she fucking cheated on me. I saw her with my friend Barry at the Ace Hardware or whatever. She's I'm just saying, this, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I feel insane. <laughs> then you get a check. You get a check 90 days later for 50 bucks and you're like, oh, thank God. I could almost buy an eighth of delivery weed in Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I I once read an email for $100 for a company. This girl I went to camp with, she's like, you're like a Broadway actress now, right? And I was like at UCB and I'm like doing commercials. I was like, yeah, sure. We'll call it that. I'm a Broadway actress. She's like, can you just come read an email? Uh, It's it's our friend's birthday and we're going to say an actor from Broadway is here to... To, to roast him and they wrote the email and they handed it to me five seconds before I walk in the room and they're all like so wasted and they're so drunk and they're like as soon as I'm like Brian they're like oh shit I'm like oh wow I'm killing it right now I'm literally holding a paper reading an email I'm in my uniform to go to my restaurant job <laughs> I was like <laughs> uh, comedy when people aren't expecting comedy is goes one of two ways and either way it does go it goes a hundred miles an hour in that direction you either crush because people are like oh this is fucking great i'm at this stupid thing and there's comedy i love it or it's like yo this is not the time for you to be doing comedy like you either bomb or you crush in those situations and i had one where i bombed i spoke at a private a brooklyn private college uh, private high school's graduation party that was like at a like restaurant club and you were hired to, to do I was comedy. hired to pretend to be a teacher there because I was I had hosted again weird jobs I had hosted an ambush style game show for MTV called The Substitute Hell where I yeah. pretended to be a substitute teacher and then revealed that the kids were actually on a game show uh, so that I weird, so weird enough gig was that uh, your show idea no no I, that was just one of those things I auditioned for yeah. it was it, it was a real it was a real fun job and it it you know Gave me money that allowed me to uh, not to move to Los Angeles and to get married. Actually, I did thank God for that. Um, but the uh, the thing was, I went and I they were like, "Oh, so you have to give a speech and pretend to be a teacher there." And I was like, "You have to give me some teachers' names and some students and some inside things." Yeah. And I wrote like fucking weird, deep, and <laughs> nobody fucking cared. Nobody cared. I think they paid me like. $1,500 oh, to something wow. insane. Something, because it was one of those things where I like, I was saying to you off, uh, I think it was off mic earlier. I was like, learn to say no. That's a fucking power move. This is one of those things where I'm like, no way. And they're like, $1,500. I'm like, well, no matter how awful it is. And it, and also not to go full, like way, way too much information, but it was in Brooklyn and I lived in Brooklyn. And I was like, oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's, I'll, I'll do it because it sucks. I can just walk home in shame and smash eight, eight, no, eight pint glasses yeah. at B61 or whatever. <laughs> so I just fucking went and bombed, bombed. Kids were, and I'm, I was so proud of myself because I'm, how did petite. you, bond? they didn't know it was supposed to be funny. 
they half of them didn't understand what was going on because there was no I should have just said like I'm not a teacher they wanted I should have just said like your stupid teachers wanted me to pretend to be a teacher but right. I'm just here to tell you school sucks you know I should have just done something like that no one would do instead I'm trying to play along to the stupid premise but the other thing that was going on the whole time is there was no alcohol there, obviously, because it was a high school graduation thing. But there was tons of candy and stuff. But kids were clearly going into the bathroom and either drinking, smoking. Oh. I don't think it was smoking weed because it didn't smell. Or, like, doing whatever drugs kids were doing in 2010 yeah. that I didn't know about. 2012 that I didn't know about. So these kids were fucking <laughs> blasted. And I I think teachers didn't even realize. I'm like, you, I'm like... You know when like eight kids go into the bathroom together and right. then they come out and then another eight kids go in there? That's because there's like an, a stolen bottle of Citron yeah. in the garbage can or in the toilet. 100%. Tank. Yeah. And I've never been a teacher, but I've always been a scummy little student and a kid. So <laughs> I was, I came fucking screaming. I was like, I didn't want to. You're more of a teacher now than them. They're just like, yes. where did they <laughs> We're out of school. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretending to be a teacher, but the only thing that I'm really, also I'm, pretending to not know that these kids are getting <laughs> fucked up. Right. I'm like, I'll let them learn a valuable life lesson on their own. <laughs> <laughs> it's not till you puke in Tanqueray while your friends are sleeping over your house while crying and your mom <laughs> has to come down and call your friends' moms and ask them to pick them up until you realize, all right, that's what drinking can do to your life at 13. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, man. Uh, have so, I been talking nonstop for 20 minutes? Please, like, just raise my uh, hand or put me on mute. Or something. minutes. No. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> We'll call, uh, it, so, we'll call it 30. Hey, you know what you're asking for if you ask me to guest. I <laughs> I'm love like, it. I'm uh, not here to listen. Wait, I have I have one more question that I was thinking of. I wanted to know what was like the job you got that you were like, oh, I don't I don't need to like go and be like a fake teacher anymore. Or, like wear a costume and, you know, hand out ping pong balls around New York City. Oh, you know, you know what it was? I, I think it would probably be improv teacher and coach. You know, that was a good survivor job okay. for a little while. I was like a coach and teacher in New York when it was like peak market where I, I could, if I wanted to coach or teach full time and make like real money yeah. off the books. But you can't do it because it makes you hate improv. <laughs> um, what Turns out if you love something, don't watch 24 hours of Bad, bad 24 yeah. bad hours of it a week <laughs> yeah. and might make you dislike it eventually that was like me when i i was when i was lost my job and i was like well i, I love soul cycle and i you know i'll get free classes if i work there and i remember like going there and i was like i don't want to scrub the fucking soul cycle bikes i'm gonna hate coming here there's so i didn't right. work there i liked it that'll do it yeah that'll do it yeah so improv teaching and coaching is probably the job that allowed me to because it's flexible it's like off hours then it allowed me to like and and then also like you know i never really had anything steady until podcasts a couple of years ago and even that's like steady in quotes it's like right. one month you make a couple of hundred dollars and another month you make a couple more hundred dollars a month not ever much more than that but well, you had <laughs> you a couple the, tv shows and stuff that you did that those were oh, like oh for sure yeah uh the when I, I did a show called Santa's in the Barn for True TV, which pretty much paid off mine and my wife's credit card debt finally, and that was four years ago, That's five awesome. years ago. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, I had a few great TV jobs, but I've never had any. Like, I mean, I guess. Oh, you know what? I'm talking. I'm thinking. I'm so in my survivor head mode. I would say Guy Code was probably yeah. the big job because it it paid a little bit. It didn't pay that well, but it got me a shit ton of other opportunities. And and MTV and MTV Two at the time was trying to build like 
a stable of talent. So then it was like, do you want to be on Wild and Out? Do you want to do this weird show joking off? Hey, Charlemagne the God has a show. You want to guest on it? Lil Duval has a show. And it's like, you're making yeah. a couple hundred bucks for all these appearances. Like You're like, oh, I can make this laugh. And that's the other thing about having a survivor job and moving out of your mom's house early is when you learn to live, when you learn to eat, and shout out Williamsburg here. We learned to eat Bonita rice and beans. Bonita used to be a Mexican restaurant on South 2nd in Bedford okay. that served a side of rice and beans was only $2. And I would pick that up like four nights a week oh my God. and eat that for dinner, just rice and beans because I was broke. But because I was broke, when you get fucking guy code and it only pays $1,000 an episode or whatever, the first season, $800 an episode. You can make that money fucking last yeah, when you used to when you used to living off like forty dollars a day. You're like, okay. Now in hindsight, it's like I, I that money. It's like I'm you know you might not even take a job like that because it was <laughs> an insane misuse. The guy of my put time. girl code thing. I had a lot of friends who were doing it, and Dave Ebert was on the podcast and he talked about he yes, was on guy code yes. and like you know that was major. I remember because it was a lot of people we knew and it was a lot of improvisers and comedians and like all of a sudden we're like, whoa, they're like all on this TV show together and they're like. Killing it, right? Yeah, it was, social it was media great. was growing then, so it was like people would follow oh, yeah. you. Yeah, season th- season two or three, uh, people were like, people on the show, my friends were like, you need to, well, MTV on season two was like, you need to get Twitter. So I, I signed up for Twitter. And then my friends Imagine on the show- Imagine if you had like, season, had it season one. <laughs> and then like, this is how dumb I am. And then on season three, Schultz and Damien and my friends from the show were like, Gabrus, you gotta get Instagram. <laughs> everyone's on Instagram now. And I'm like, oh, it's like, I'm getting tons of followers. I'm like, well, what do you care? Who cares about followers? It's like, but I got so many followers that like, Schick is asking me to like, shave with their thing in an Instagram picture and they're going to pay me $2,000. I'm like, I need Instagram. So then I got, and I never really got a lot of that stuff, but because of Guy Code, I grew my fan uh, followers and fan base back in the day. That's now, you know, that started 10 years ago, nine years ago. Or I know. Whatever. Now I feel like when you get a job that like people could follow, like they don't care anymore. Like the followers aren't the same as what it used to be like 10 years ago when people were like, yeah. boom. I feel like also now it's sort of like Twitter and TV are separate more than anything else. Mm-hmm. I think like it used to feel like it was like, oh, I like this show. Oh, I'm going to follow Jon Stewart on Twitter. <laughs> and then now it feels now it feels like. I'm not going to follow the whole cast of uh, insert sitcom Shit's Creek on Twitter. Like, who cares about that? Like, very funny show. I definitely did follow all of them after I watched Shit's Creek. I was like, what are we going to do? I guess I'll follow them all. Now I'm wondering if Keith Ramirez is on Twitter. (laughs) Oh, Ellen. Oh, nice. Yeah, Ellen's ready to join. She's joining. Yeah. you want to follow him, Ellen? He's at Volleyball Stud. 100%, yes. <laughs> at Knee Pads and Headband. At Vanguard Big Dick. <laughs> yeah. At Vanguard Men Are Protectors, Women Are oh Emoters. I that fucking, part killed how, me. Let's, I, I'm up, I, I was obsessed with the show. Me, my wife and I eventually started to... These people in the HBO one are so annoying because you see them talk about how much they love Nexium for like three episodes and they're like, I'm the highest earner. I'm the best. I'm the best. And then immediately when they realize it's wrong and not when they realize, not when they realize it's wrong, like, oh, you know, this is all fun. It's like as soon as they hear about sex slaves yeah. and specifically friends of theirs being them, that's when they finally decide to get out. And then they get out and they're like, we got to get everybody out. And then they're immediately the biggest like rivals. And it's like, my wife is like, these people just want to be 
intensely attached to anything. I think like, they just want TV time. They just oh want yeah, and that's other thing. Is like, like, they're failed actors and directors. Yeah. yeah. Like that mom, I said to Ellen before, I'm like, Catherine Oxenberg, she's like, it's six different cars, right? There's just a car scene with her every time. And she's like in the yeah. car and she's like, I'm going to find my daughter. I know I will. And we're like, no. She's like having like sushi with like five well, different like Apple devices on the couch. And- she's not going to be like driving herself anywhere. Come on. Yeah. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> the, uh, the, and then the fucking, the main woman, uh, Mark's friend, the main woman who's Sarah. got Brandon, wa- Sarah, who wants to get everyone out. Her when she looks to uh, Oxenberg and and is just like, I will stop at nothing to get your daughter out. Me and my wife laughed so fucking <laughs> yeah. hard at that. They were like, we were like, lady, three weeks ago you were bragging about how much money you made at this company. I know. And how did you make that money? Off the backs of the people below you, you fucking monster. So now you're at the best of both worlds. You leave with the money, then you get the HBO doc that shows that I'm the hero for not doing. Right. It's like, it's like getting out of the Iraq war like one week before everyone else and being like, I, the Iraq war needs to end. I already made a bunch of money off oil profiteering, but I think we need to get our boys out of there. My favorite line was when Sarah was like, Oh my God. I mean, I'm on the front page of the New York times. No, Anna, uh, dude, we were like this bitch. She's been waiting there. And every, and this, and this is upsetting to me for a lot of reasons. You know, that was like the third take. She's like, was it humble enough? Was it, was it, I I I come across as oh, so much. Like, did you hear the news? Did you hear the news? Hold on. And then everyone, like I'm on, everyone's on like 12 FaceTimes and it's all like, uh, the the New York Post had a blind item that said Keith Ranieri might be short. And it's like, what? What the fuck are you? Like, they were so yeah, worked yeah. up about the most random shit. The Frank report or whatever. Like, this guy's uncovering. Yep. It's like, get out of here, dude. You missed oh, well, our whole intro. We talked about the show and how I fucked with the public. And I said that I got cast on season two. And I shared the Hollywood Reporter article about season two. And like. It's bad because my mom has gotten calls from her friends who follow me on like Instagram and they're all like, congratulations on your daughter's job. Like HBO. <laughs> oh no. It's like not even, they're like missing like three different yes. levels of the joke. And you're like, how do I explain to you that it would be actually bad if this was happening? I mean, and then on top of that, I'm joking. It's like, I'm like, you're like, ladies, thank you. My mom, she's like, what's the vow? I go, mom, it's a sex cult documentary. She goes, congratulations. I think now my parents are convinced that this is going to be good for my career because everyone thinks I'm on it. And I'm like, you know. uh, fingers crossed. Maybe you book it. Yeah, Who knows? Maybe. Sorry, I know. yeah. I'm ready for it. I totally it. derailed this conversation with the vow. Yeah, Ellen, you know, we can't stop. It's Once you start, so you can't stop. Gabrus, thank you so much for being here. You're the funniest. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, and thank you for letting us come into your man cave. You know, it seems like a fun room. <laughs> yeah, thanks for, thanks for letting me scream at you for 54 plus minutes. <laughs> we loved it. We loved it. That's Not why we wanted you. <laughs> yeah. um, like, we better do the intro without this guy here because he's going to fucking stamp all over us, especially the second we mentioned Ranieri's <laughs> knee pads. Who, Vanguard Big Dick number one? I love him. He's the best on Twitter. Oh, man. Uh, where can people find your stuff if, you know, if they don't know you already? If they want, if they're, if this episode has convinced you that you want to check out some of my stuff for some reason, uh, at Gabris on all social media, uh, my podcast is called High and Mighty. It's just a chat. It's a chat show. I also have a podcast called Action Boys, which is a podcast about action movies. It's Patreon, but we have some free episodes. Uh, you can search for those wherever. Uh, 
It's we talk about action classic action movies longer than the length of the movies. Not <laughs> ideal, not for everyone, but maybe it's for one of you listeners. Mm-hmm. And then also the Gino Lombardo show. Uh, oh. Season two airing now on Stitcher Premium. Use promo code Gino for one free month. Hell yeah! I'm getting good at these. Fuck, I'm doing a lot of podcasts. That sounded recording. Yeah, yeah, holy yeah. shit! That was like good the job. timing. You know the pace. I got my prompter set up. I can just do it. Off I don't the even know how to end this episode, guys. That's another episode <laughs> of Unemployed. With Sounds Adam good Rizzi. to me, baby. Yeah, that hey. sounded good. <laughs> no, follow us, rate us, review us. If you want to watch this video, videos are on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/UnemployedPodcast, and. Uh, Listen to the other episodes. That's it. Peace. Later. What's up, everyone? It's Anna, and I am here with a little post-game episode. No, I'm just kidding. I'm here to tell you about our Patreon. We have an amazing Patreon. We're posting videos of all of our episodes every week, and everyone who donates to the Patreon is allowed to see those, and we would love for you to join in. But right now, I got to give a shout-out to our patrons who are donating money to us, who we appreciate and we love. Shout-out to Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, Chris Arneson, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, Vic Harry and Jonathan Ediger. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast and me and Ellen and everyone else who out there who's unemployed. We really appreciate it. And if you want to join, you can just go to patreon.com slash unemployed podcast. And like you can just donate $5 a month or something really small, you know, anything, anything helps. And we love it. And we are here for you. And we will keep putting these out until until we're all so successful that we have absolutely no time to make a podcast. Just kidding. But check out the Patreon. Thanks. Love you. Bye.